הרי מי כאשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שדרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שאנחנו נאפה הקדוש משאבה ארץ המה ובבחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו למלאכה נווה מכוחמה רבנו אנחנו נופג עם השמחה נח 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 נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן שברוך השם today we do two סימנים סעיפים מנציחות הרן lessons 117 and 118 starting a section that wasn't part of the um the first print because Sichot Aran and Minachon's conversations were actually um printed at the end of Sipur Masiot initially, at the end of his tales. Then later it was separated into its own book. They found these manuscripts which a student of Rabbanu had. And um Rabbi Nathan explains this in Alimit Khufa. And uh this is the way it started. We're going to see a new idea in Sichot Aran, a new section Sichot Aran now. And we're going to start with a story of Rabbanu's childhood. בכבר אוסייתין סמוך לעיר מדוידבקה, שם היה דר חמים זיכרונו לברכה ושם היה עיקר גדולו. In the village of אוסייתין, which is close to the ear of מדוידבקה, the town known as מדוידבקה, a town which Rabbeinu visited multiple times, שם היה דר חמים זיכרונו לברכה ושם היה עיקר גדולו. I believe Rabbeinu moved to מדוידבקה after he moved out of אוסייתין, at the age of 18. But Rabbeinu, what do you call it? Rabbeinu's father-in-law was living there, Rabbi Ephraim of Osatin. He was living in Osatin. And this is where Rabbeinu mainly grew up. Um, after he got married, he spent the, year, the first four, four or five years of his life with his father-in-law. And over there, in Osatin, there was a massive river, a big river. And on the banks of the river, there were reeds growing there. There are beautiful reeds and like lots of um, maybe uh, some shrubs or some rushes, whatever it is. And Rabbeinu took upon himself this holy custom, this holy way, this holy avodat Hashem. That what would he do? May Rabbeinu, our master, our teacher, may the memory of this tzaddik be a blessing for us. What did he used to do? He used to take sometimes that ship, that boat, that small boat, that small little raft, and he used to row it down the lake, this small, uh, this massive river. Um, and he would row himself into the water. And even though he was not able to properly row this small little raft, that he didn't have the strength or the skill. That he would still row with this um, raft until past those reeds and those shrubs that we mentioned earlier that grow um, at the lake or at this river, sorry. And um, even though he did not know how to engage with that, uh, what's he called? Um, with that boat. He would basically, as we just explained, he would row this boat up until the end of this, these reeds so that nobody could see him. And over there, he did what he needed to do. In the service of, in, in serving God. By praying and by conversing with Hashem. Happy is he. Because the truth is, he merited these awesome levels, um, as is described in his writing, in the writings, um, 
that we have the ability to, uh, what do you call it, to have a teacher like this who sacrificed himself, even from the beginning of his youth, um, to serve Hashem Yidbarach. Now we're going to speak a little bit more about this little raft or this little boat. The Rabban used to go on this small little raft and to row it on the lake, on the river. And he did not know how to properly steer this small little raft. When Rabban would enter the river, and he would distance himself far from dry land because he had already uh, rode for quite some time. He had no idea what to do. Because the boat would rock and um, he, he was, it felt like as if he was slowly drowning. And then Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rabbi Nachman he screamed out to Hashem Barach and he lifted up his hands to him properly. And it also was in the same story when it comes to Tveria. We say this in Shifre Aran, Rabbeinu's praises, that when Rabbeinu was in Tveria, he was escaping this plague that broke out, and he was hanging um, by just maybe a finger or two off this ledge, which meant his death automatically. And yet he prayed to Hashem, and Hashem opened up the gates for him so that he could be saved somehow. As we see in the story in Rabbeinu's pilgrimage to the land of Israel, as mentioned in look at uh, section 19 over there, it is brought that uh, Rabbi Nachman, under his feet, as he was hanging off the sledge, this, this wall, um, under him he sees the, the Kineret Sea, and... Um, he was about to fall, as we said. As Gamken talked about the Hashem Yidbarach, then at that moment, Rabbeinu was hanging off. He screamed to Hashem Yidbarach properly. And he started to So we see that Rabbeinu used to accustom himself to speak about all these matters with us tremendously, and he wanted to instill within our hearts that this is the way we need to serve Hashem Yidbarach, to scream out to God, to lift out our hearts to Him, as if. As if a man is literally in the middle of the sea, stranded, hanging, his life is hanging by the thread of a hair, a hair, uh, just a single hair. And the storm wind is is uh, creating a storm that goes all the way up to the to the heart of the heavens. Until you have no point, you have no idea what to do. Rabbeinu says, the way we scream and we beg Hashem, whether it's slichot, whether it's ibodadut, whatever it might be, this is the intention that literally you're hanging by a thread in this world. And that should awaken you as long as you understand that and you, you really feel it. So, and sometimes you have no ability to even scream out, you have, you're so lost of words. But the truth is, even if you can't scream, of course, there's this piece of advice which works, which, which works for everything. That there's no advice except to lift up your eyes and your heart to Hashem. To rely on God. This is the main thing. To rely on Hashem. Of course, doing it enhances that and strengthens your emunah on Hashem. But nonetheless, this is huge. Um, 
Sorry, I skipped. And this is the way we need to, to do this every single time whenever we go and seclude ourselves and scream to Hashem. Because a man is in true danger in this world, in great danger. As each and every soul knows deep down. Understand these words very well. We see all this beautiful advice that Rabbeinu gives us on how to properly serve Hashem and to the extent that one must go. You know, one time a person came to Rabbeinu and he said, Rabbeinu, you told us to go out to the forest to do it, and I'm teaching my kid this, but my kid is young. And at night when he wants to go do it, I'm scared for him. Rabbeinu said, if um, whichever kid I had was young, if I had a young kid, and uh, a young boy, and I, uh, what do you call it? And uh, I was teaching him about uh, Hidbodadut. I would tell him to go directly in the forest, and I wouldn't even uh, worry twice, Abenu said. Abenu told the student, he said, I wouldn't even worry because the kid has already set out on a mitzvah. And of course, a man is protected whenever she's doing a mitzvah. Um, so, Abenu said, You have no need to worry that the kid will be fine. Sat Hashem. This was a piece of advice, of course, that Rabbeinu gave to this man directly. But um, it is deep in the sense that, Baruch Hashem, when we are engaged in, in, in Avodat Hashem, we protect ourselves from decrees and certain things that Hashem cannot bring down, as Rabbeinu teaches us. He once gathered a student and he asked his student, he said, how is it possible that you guys are allowing decrees to come into the world? And Rabbeinu explained that when a person does it, but he prevents decrees from coming down into the world. Why? Because Hashem Bach stops everything he's doing and he listens to you. So you cannot bring down the decree because he's paying attention to your conversation. And he's speaking back to you. Last lesson for today. I heard in Rabenu's name his memory be a blessing. That he said in, a, in an expression of wonder. He was asking. He was like shocked almost. People asked Many questions about Hashem. How good and how pleasant is it for this man? Says, yes, there are people who have questions on Hashem. But how beautiful is it when a man attains this level, when he merits to have perfect that, perfect consciousness, that is settled in his mind. And he knows and he sees that there's no question at all in Hashem. Everything is upright and it's straight. Because God's pathways are straight. As brother And I also heard from Rabbeinu's mouth one time when he said, People ask questions about God. And Rabbeinu was kavana about this statement. That people have questions about Hashem was to ridicule these people. That um, some of the people in this world, few of the people, the minority, um, there's a minority of uh, the human beings that have very big questions about Hashem, about God, God forbid. But the truth is, of course, it's forbidden to try to perceive God's ways. And delve into God's pathways. Because as it says in in, um, in uh, the Perik Tehilim 145. And of course that famous uh, Tehilim of Ashre. It doesn't even start with Ashre. It starts with Tehilal David. 
But nonetheless, uh, we say it every single day, three times a day. That what? It's certain tzaddik Hashem that Hashem is upright in all his ways. It's just that people like us, incapable people like us who don't have um, the greatest intellect, but we just have the human intellect. Uh, a common basic Sikhranoshi um, that it's impossible to understand the ways of Hashem with just our minds. The way they were they were made like this. You have to really fight and pray and beg Hashem to open up certain gates of wisdom and understanding for you. So Bizrat Hashem, my Shem grant us that Khokmah that Bina that and uh, to perform those actions with mitzvot of Hashem to avoid evil, of course, to perform whatever Hashem wants us to with great happiness, with great joy, with great simplicity. And uh, we'll be back next episode with Lesson 119.